Welcome to From the Bone Vault, coming to you live from below Midnight Lair. I'm Gil. And I'm Levi. And I'm Justin. And tonight, we have watched Night of the Comet. Levi, hit me with some facts. Well, Gil, uh, Night of the Comet was released in 1984. It was written and directed by Tom Eberhardt. And it starred in the leading role as Regina Belmont, Catherine Mary Stewart... Um, for a short time on the screen, we had Larry Dupree played by Michael Bowen. Right. Uh, Very short that time. That was her paramour. <laughs> <laughs> With a fun death that we'll talk about soon. Um, and since we have sort of an unofficial theme going through this season two, did you guys recognize someone that fits that theme? Oh, I don't think I did. Justin, did you catch it? I did not. I'm not sure what we're oh, talking about. What you got, Levi? Po- in the part of Hector Gomez, we had Hector Gomez. We have Robert Beltran, who played Chakotay on Voyager. Oh my was god! Was that Chakotay? Oh yes. my god! That totally Chakotay. was. Holy Wait, this, crap! This is our all Voyager podcast. I know. This it's, is what is it? Three out of the I, what? I think it's like four six, films. I think four it's films four have had six. Yeah. It's six degrees oh of Catherine Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> we need to find out now. I before we go further in the cast, I did not realize that their last name was Belmont. That opens a whole new Castlevania, a whole new connection thread that I'm going to bring out later. So keep it rocking, Levi. We're going to get to it. Is it? Is All it right. Castlevania related? It may be. <laughs> it absolutely is. Her, <laughs> her sister, the cheerleader, Sam Belmont, played by Kelly Maroney. Their, I guess it was their stepmother, Doris. Yeah, Doris was their stepmother. That's step-mom. what I understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sharon Farrell. Um, Audrey White was played by Mary Warrenov. She was the female scientist, doctor person. Ah. Uh, yeah. She and, was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She was good. Um and then we had Jeffrey Lewis, father of, oh, I just went blank. I had it written down, but I deleted it. Lewis, Lewis, What's, Lewis. Hold on, hold on. Uh, this is horrible, folks. Um, he was Dr. Carter. <laughs> Juliet oh, Lewis. Yeah, Juliet Lewis. God, yeah. I was about to say it, too. <laughs> wow. We did a lot Sorry, of folks. prep work. <laughs> we did a lot of prep work. I actually work. did, but it was a week ago. Um, we also have Peter Fox playing Dr. Wilson. And as Oscar and Willie, we have John Acorn, I guess, and Ivan E. Roth as Willie. He was very entertaining. Yeah, this whole cast was great. So let me just toss this out there before we get into the discussion of the film itself. Normally we save this for the end, but I'm going to toss this out there. I absolutely loved this movie. I was just thrilled when you guys wanted to watch it. I was just beside myself because this is one of my all-time favorite movies, period. Hands down, I could watch this every day of the week and be a happy camper. I agree. I I had a really good time with it, and I... I was disappointed when I went online and saw that it was available on Blu-ray for like 50 bucks or something. And Ooh. the DVD was even more expensive because it's uh, yeah, it's like a special edition, although it would be worth it at some point um, because it is a very good movie. One thing I really liked about it, and apparently this sort of influenced Joss Whedon with his Buffy movie yep. and then the Buffy TV series. And you can was absolutely how, see that. How it subverts a lot of tropes. The, it's got strong female, pretty much all the female characters, except for Doris, because who cares? But all the other female characters wow. were... <laughs> oh, Doris <laughs> I mean, was she's a piece of shit! Now, so. Come on! Um, but all the other female characters were very strong and pretty competent in what they were doing, and especially yeah. I'm thinking about at the mall when the sisters get attacked, even Sam, the younger sister, kind of holds her own for a while until she's overpowered. And the and one last thing was the the female scientist, she was the smart scientist that actually considered what was going on and how it was affecting her and Absolutely. the world. Um, and then a happy ending. We had a happy ending pretty yeah. much for, you, for, for the ones involved. So... I thought that was interesting how it subverted all of those absolutely uh, things. Absolutely. And the, and the girls were not stupid in any no. capacity. A little right. a little distracted, but yeah, no, I mean, not teenagers. dumb at all. Right. So so I, I I'm watching this movie and is there another movie that's very similar to this? Like is um Omega Man or something else is very similar to this movie because I feel like um, I saw this but I also feel like I didn't see it like there's parts where I was like oh I, I remember like when she's in the alleyway and that zombie comes up oh, I remember can we talk that. about that scene real quick 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. <laughs> did did that uh, did that zombie guy remind you of anyone? Thriller. I thought of Michael maybe, Jackson's Thriller when I saw maybe, the makeup. Maybe Tyrone Biggums. Tyrone Biggums. <laughs> the crack addict from the like Chappelle Tyrone show. Well, the, the best part about that is that it honestly could have just been Tyrone Biggums. Oh, like, yeah, it's true story. He just wanted some crack. I don't, it was I don't, the continuity. Yeah. It's not the comic He wasn't dust. a zombie. He it's just needed some crack. It's not the comic dust, y'all. I need the other dust, y'all. <laughs> well, well, the the, uh, the the crack rendered him uh, immune. And <laughs> so, that fits the time scale, too, because if you remember on the Chappelle show, he was, it was during the Reagan era that Tyrone Biggums was <laughs> That's around. very true. Oh, I'd forgotten that. So, wow. so real quick, Connections. real quick before we get too far ahead, basic plot sure. of the film and for people who haven't seen it, and what the hell are you doing listening to this if you haven't seen this film? <laughs> a comet, the comet that took out the dinosaurs comes back into orbit past Earth. However that happens. Uh, because, you know, like like that happens. <laughs> stuff. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, everyone in the world goes out to see it and a very, very, very slim amount of people, I think, total for the film, I think nine maybe 12 people total survive it uh, because the radiation from the comet kills everybody. 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 Renders them to dust. And we have followed the exploits of these two sisters who are army brats and uh, them dealing with the fallout and being totally awesome and cool 80s chicks in a post-apocalyptic setting. Um, the music, the costumes, the, the, the sets... Everything in this movie made me go, I love this, I love this, I love this. I love the 80s. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and one thought I had when I was watching it, it reminded me of playing GTA Vice City because there was a constant <laughs> yes. 80s soundtrack in the background every time they were doing something. And oh, man. I thought that was fun. Well, and also, one little thing about Regina, she's a nerdy chick yep. because she was debating with uh, Larry about Superman. About Superman? Yeah. yeah. I thought that well, was a cool touch. One, one thing I would say is that... So so it, it was we're sure it's the comet that killed the dinosaurs well, because the they guy said the visitor the guy so. insinuates yeah he said visitor like it was going to be I, I thought at first well, that's the name of the comet that well I thought at first that it was like one of those oh, entities like in destiny or something oh, where this creature yeah, comes yeah, down yeah, yeah, yeah. and then two I was like really distracted like I said during the movie at first so I thought the people that were the scientists were inside the comet Oh. And so that was a weird thing until I figured out they weren't in the comet. Yeah. But the other thing was that the 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 dinosaurs dying thing, like, that just didn't gel well with me. Like, I was thinking about, that's like so many million years ago. A comet can't go that far and come oh, back. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was unnecessary. Like, why would you put that in there? Why would it the, matter? The it, narration was unnecessary. The yeah. movie could have just started and it could have yeah, like, that was the one open, thing. Cold open, it should no have started narration. with her playing video games. That would have been I, cool. I, I told lobby. um I told I, I thought to myself, I was like, okay, if this narration is like one of those movies like Cannibal Holocaust or something where they just <laughs> talk the narration the whole movie, like no one speaks, they're just like, and then Jim went to the waterhole and Jim found the rock. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to cut this right off. Like, this is not like, like, is it Homeward Bound or one of those movies no. or Milo and Otis? Yeah, not doing it. And that's about the time the girls figured out that Mac-10s weren't going to be the best thing to shoot. Really? They needed Uzi's. <laughs> Right. Apparently that line was ad, ad lib too. Oh, was it? Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Because the, the director told the girls that, uh, or told the actors that they didn't have a lot of extra time. So if something happened, they just needed to roll with it. So Samantha or the, the younger woman sister? playing Samantha, uh, Kelly Maroney just made up the line of daddy would have given us Uzi's. <laughs> that's one of the best fun. lines in the film, man. <laughs> oh my God. Well, this there's is a great. lot of good ones too. Mac 10s have a jamming problem. So it does make sense. Because that's well, common knowledge. That's, well, apparently that's apocryphal or whatever you want to say. According to uh, wherever the heck on the internet I did my research, I don't even remember. Well, oh. I, I think I think it's. I mean, it makes. But it's one of those things where a lot of movies have a problem where if you have even like a surface level knowledge of guns, mm -hmm. they don't make sense anymore. Oh and yeah. So there's. It's one of those things like some guns just have a jam problem, you know. Yeah. And that's just a thing they do because of how they're manufactured. Any movie with headshots in any number. 
right oh, is unrealistic. I mean, <laughs> almost, yeah, headshots, uh, the sound of guns is unrealistic. Oh, yeah. And just things like that. And so it, well, if, if anybody displays a cursory knowledge of guns in movies, I'm usually impressed by it. Right, right. right. Eh, I, if it's, if, I, I get what you're saying. But, I mean, the, the idea is, is to have the effect of it. I mean, them shooting up the car to me was hilarious, but that wouldn't <laughs> happen. I mean, um, <clears throat> no, but uh, so... Going back to the zombie and that shot in the alleyway, Justin, I think that what you may be thinking of is the, and I'm probably going to say it wrong, I think it's, I think it's Night of the Living Dead 2 or Night of the Living Dead 3. I can't remember the Never number. Never seen them. But, oh, you need to. They're absolutely fantastic. But it's the one where uh, the uh, kind of punk kids wind up in the graveyard and um, this, um, yeah, uh, uh, the, one of the bo- uh, body gets incinerated and everybody mm. becomes there's very oh, similar yeah. camera work between the two films the film grade similar and the zombies fied people the really dragged out really hollow 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 people look kind of the same uh, it's very similar the way they've hollowed them out um, I, I, I love I, I the think, makeup I think I'm just remembering seeing part of this movie with my brother John, and I think I'm also remember seeing Omega Man, and I'm smashing those two together. Yeah, um, a, fun, a kind of funny side story about smashing movies together. Um, you have you ever seen Devil's Advocate? Yeah, of course. And you've seen um, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie um, oh, where he uh, fights uh, the devil. Uh, hold on, um, hold, on, hold on. No. Oh, I know which one you're what talking about. That? Uh, oh, that's we should watch that one on here if you haven't seen it, Levi. Yeah. So um, it's like gate or something about a gate or six. No. It, yeah, I know what it, you're it's like it, he's like protecting his daughter or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like basically his daughter dies and he's an atheist and he starts fighting the devil. Well, anyway, there's a scene. That's what happens. There's, when a, there's an atheist a scene. Um, oh, real like, quick spoiler alert. Go ahead. Well, yeah, a friend of mine was talking about how much he loved Devil's Advocate, and he was talking about how uh, it was PJ. He was talking about how there's a scene in Devil's Advocate where the devil's walking down the street, and this kid has a, a shirt with a demon on it, and the kid's skateboarding, and he goes, "Hey, kid," you know, he, he goes, he, you know, he says, "Um, nice shirt," and the kid's like, "Fuck off, old man," and keeps skateboarding, <laughs> and he whispers at the kid, "Hey, kid," and the kid looks back, oh. and a bus hits the kid. Yeah. Well. I freaked out. I was like, that is not from Devil's Advocate. That's from this Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he also fights the devil. And so we, we had <laughs> in this a gar- big argument. And the, and the devil is very similarly garbed. Yeah, exactly. Wow. We had a big argument about it, though. And I, I, I was proven right. And I was like, you just pulled this good scene out of a really shitty movie <laughs> and put it into a way better movie. Because you're like, well, this scene couldn't have been over here. It's so good. It must be in this other movie. Is that End of Days? Is that the one? That's it. That's the one. Okay. That was Andrew and Andy Garcia as Devil, and then uh, Al Pacino as the Devil in the other one, right? Yeah, that's like they just Gabriel got low. They, they just got Gabriel a low Byrne? rent. They just got a low rent, low rent Al Pacino, basically. Ah. <laughs> but we digress very um, much all the time. It happens. Welcome to From the Bone Vault, everybody. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I, I think. If man, I just don't know where to go. There's so many good places to go in this film. Um, the what did you think about her being in the cheerleader costume for like what 75% of the film? Like uh, until well, they got to the mall, which is a little over the halfway point, I think. I thought we were going to see bare breasts at one point during that dream sequence. I was like, yeah, oh, wait, right. this is a first for me on the bone vault. <laughs> that was something that's something to talk about is how, like, I, I assume that. So I'm not exactly sure of the progression of things. It seemed like Sam might have got some how infected with something. Mm. I thought at, at no, one point they, in the movie. They no, no, to it they a little bit. What's wrong they, with they say she's got a, just regular rashes that she gets all the time. They even talk about yeah. that at the top of the film. Right. Um, but later on, she mentions it too. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm saying is oh, the progression be- of the film leads you to believe that something, because I, I got thought, you because one thing we're not bringing into account here is the presence of the zombie like people and the dust because the dust. No, no, no. Too. The dust. I'm putting that aside right now because oh, we're okay. talking about this comment. The dust is inert, isn't it? Who knows? But that that's what I'm trying to get to is the uh, most of the people were vaporized or turned to dust or whatever you want to say. Um, but some people were turned into some sort of um, maddened creatures, let's say, and, and right. different levels of that because we have the cops 
Well, th- that was in her dream, actually. So um, they're like Reavers, basically. They're like Reavers from um, from Firefly, or they would be like um, kind of reverence, reverence. Well, revenant. Well, revenants, it, yeah. It seemed like the guys in the mall, and maybe even the, the Tyrone Biggum's character, weren't as far gone as we were led to believe people were when we got the the fever dream or whatever it was about the cops and that's what i was getting to is i was wondering if there was some connection between what happened to the people who survived but didn't stay normal and the visions she was having like that because the the vision she was having yeah seemed like maybe she was turning into that yeah if that makes sense i could see that i now my take on it was is that she heard the story from her sister it effed with her head and and those guys were a much more exaggerated uh-huh. makeup because right. the guy yeah, at the beginning exactly. was really degraded and i think the way the scientists explained it at one point is they said people were either on a slow decay on a escalated decay or were immune uh-huh. So you had okay. the guys in the in the uh, mall who were on a slow decay, and mm-hmm. they were just kind of whacked out in the head. But you got the guy mm-hmm. at the beginning of the film that was on a fast one, and he was very decayed, very no, sunken. Were all the guys in the mall infected? I yeah. thought it was yeah. just the one guy. The leader was like, no, they were all the- wearing glasses though. Now yeah. they didn't show oh. it. I'm in, I'm I'm inferring a lot. Yeah, that's what I inferred as well. But considering they, they did the whole glasses, take the glasses off thing, but yeah. I, I think I think that the taking the glasses off thing was kind of subverting it. I think that they were wearing glasses like you're supposed to think, oh, they're cool guys, and you're not supposed to suspect anything. But when that one takes off his glasses and you see right. he's fucked up, because he's fucked up before you see the glasses. The other guys look more or less normal in the face, but when he gets on screen, I'm like, that guy's face is fucked up. Like, <laughs> well, where's makeup? The edges, to fix, yeah. yeah, I was like, where's makeup <laughs> to fix dude's face? And then when he took the glass off, I was like, oh, they did really, fix his face. I really didn't notice it, honestly, until he really until he took his glasses off. And then I was like, oh, that explains why he's acting so right. crazy. We get know. that well, big then, above 1080 HD TV in there. So it was really crisp. And I was like, I could see like, I think you're not supposed to be able to see these things, but I could see like lines right. in his face, like where that's the makeup cool. was caked on. Well, remember, like that's that. that's the difference is you got to think of when it was shot. Mm-hmm. What light like, conditions they had, what projection equipment they had in the theaters, what things you oh, didn't no. didn't see, I, you know. I, I pray for the day we get a TV show on here that has that's been widescreened after it was shot for square screens, <laughs> and there's just wacky shit happening off camera. Well, you, you you've have you seen all the the kerfuffle about Buffy when they put it in HD? There's a whole like culture of fix Buffy for HD because they do really weird things. They crop it smaller than the actual um, full frame image sometimes. We've we've talked about this before uh, with Supernatural how there's scenes where cameramen and boom operators are standing off where the camera wouldn't usually see them in a crop screen but you you see them on the DVD now Mm -hmm. and there's a whole thing about that like online too but like movies won't have that problem because they're all shot for theaters and then they're cropped for TV. In fact in TV sometimes they crop out characters because they can't fit them. Right. Um, But I did notice that with this movie it's like Gil mentioned the film grading. The film grade is it's definitely like it's clearly shot on film like you know digital looks so different but it's Absolutely. also not shot on bad film it's shot right. on really decent film mm-hmm. because there's movies from the 80s that look like shit now well and I mean, this can one, also have to do with the transfer too yeah well the other thing is the budget because this one this one had a budget of seven hundred thousand dollars and it made 3.5 mil on opening and 14.4 gross that's exceptional for a movie. Right. That, I had seen that. That's that's pretty amazing numbers. And I thought somewhere I'd seen that the, that first figure was like a one theater release. But I don't know. That seems really kind of crazy. But no way. My, no way. That's even possible. That's but crazy. Still, costing 700000 and making that much money. Especially in, in the, the first 80s. Weekend, Especially yeah, is in the 80s. That's incredible. insane. And I could see why, because the movie's very engaging, and oh, yeah. it's of that time. Yeah, and you like these characters. You mm-hmm. genuinely, like, you the spunky sister, and she's mouthy, and she's great, and she doesn't take shit from anybody. And yeah. the, the older sister who's trying to, to really be, you know, very mature and very adult, but she's having fun, too, and she's like, okay, we have to enjoy ourselves. And they're, they're, you can tell that the apocalypse is taking its toll on them. But mm-hmm. they're trying to be themselves. They're not trying right. to let it go down and, oh, everything's shit. 
they're trying to be a little fun about it. It's like, okay, we have to deal with this, so let's deal with it in our way. Let's they're go to the mall. They're not The Walking Dead. No. Yeah, I was thinking it wouldn't turn into The Walking Dead where everybody's just like, oh man, it's so sad and depressing. Depression's going to kill us. Speaking of that, I, I had thoughts of uh, the the spinoff series when I was watching this. Fear the Walking ha- Dead? Yeah, Fear the Walking Dead, because that happened in L.A. as well. That show is shit, it. though. Haven't seen oh, it. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. It's, I would much rather watch shit. this movie five like, or six times. No, I have, I have not I can, seen that yet. I can tell you, no. like, for a fact, Gil, I was there for the premiere. Like, we watched it live on TV, and it was a two-episode back-to-back premiere, and it was the only two episodes that anyone in this house ever saw that show. And it was... <laughs> I mean, it, in the way that most things like in the way that this movie engages you so quickly because this movie doesn't have like any it, it starts off relatively quick and gets to the mm-hmm. comet they set up what the comet's gonna do yeah. and they 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 do some weird things at the beginning like people are outside to watch the comet they make sure to show you that yeah, and these weird comet viewing part like my thing that's bring let's let's kick that around for a second mm-hmm. I did not understand why that think tank didn't seem to be part of the actual honest to God US government it looked like a privately funded organization right. research tank, but it didn't seem like the actual government was doing anything. You like know what it, no, nothing. Yeah. You know what it seemed like to me? It seemed like a, a cult. A, well, a cult or, or yeah. In that vein, something that was set up because of this comet, because of what was going to happen. And it was just a really weird, I don't know. I, I didn't really know what to think of it. I mean, this is all post Jonestown, so that I'm pretty sure the cults were still somewhat in the public consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I think that that had an effect on them trying to like that sort Make of it culty, that cult mentality yeah. like that. That idea is scary to people. So and we're kind of skating over one of the major reasons we think they might be a cult is the the blood like what were they doing with the blood were oh. they just collecting healthy people oh no no no, no. That, I, I can explain that totally they were taking blood from people who were healthy to basically transfuse themselves because they'd been exposed to the the problem. And, and or create a serum based off these yeah. people because all the people they were pulling blood, blood from seemed to be immune to the actual effects of the dust and the degradation right, they weren't they, they were saying they had to pull so much i guess just for the that testing. I don't get. That, that was like a, maybe we need more or, or like because maybe we should kept, do any test. Yeah, they just kept they saying, kept oh, saying they needed to get more and they were going to get. And what makes me come to the cult aspect is they were just going to kill those kids. They were oh, yeah. saying, hey, they kids, let's we, go meet Santa. Let's go see Santa. <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> is was really messed up. Fucked up. Like, yeah. no, the, the, when she comes in with the gun, she goes, they said we're going to go see Santa. And she goes. You guys are twisted. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then they yes. put the note. They pin the note up there. Gone they to see basically Santa. Whack the two that nurses. That was the weirdest out. thing. That was one of those. Gone to see Santa. That was awesome. Those, that was one of those that Flash Gordon. Uh, those Flash Gordon moments. Who wrote this note? <laughs> well, they did. Yeah, they were. That's they were a, a, a random graffiti like guy. It. He's there again. The same dude. The same character. He's the, he's uh, also the character in old Bible movies that yells out from the crowd that you can hear over everybody yeah, else. Right. right. The guy getting his one line in. Stone him. Like, hey, hey, it's Jesus of Nazareth. How did I hear that one guy? Good acoustics. That sounds like a family guy. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's Jesus. So, going back to the girls, the the idea, what I really liked about the film, when we talk about the girl empowerment piece or, or the, the, the girls being strong on their own, you never really saw any of them. The girls were codependent in some aspects with each other because they're sisters. But mm-hmm. I never got the feeling that any of the girls were codependent on any of the male cast. Right. Um, especially with Hector being there. And I'm thinking, oh, he's going to take charge or whatever. No, he was predominantly no. a secondary character. He had his arc. He had his piece. And he was fun. Mm-hmm. But he Heck was... Goldman. Right. Right. Love the character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love I'm that. I got to show you some. You like girls? Oh, that was so what, was his, what was his last name again? Go- Rem- his oh name was gosh. Hector Gomez, yeah. but his fake character was Heck oh. Goldman. <laughs> I thought you were saying his name was Goldman. I was like, wait a minute. They had no, this Mexican his guy. Character. His cowboy character. Goldman. Which I want to say right here, since we're talking about that scene, I was almost if not more happy to see that Sam was actually alive than I was to see the dog was alive at the end of the gate. Right. Like, I was super happy to see that Sam was alive because I I thought she was dead. Honestly. So take a step back. I thought she was dead too. Take a step mm. back. Ne- neither one of you have seen this film till we watched mm. it for this, right? No, I mean, never. I oh. think I've seen it, but I mean, I saw it like in the 90s. Oh, I wish I would have seen it in the 80s. I think I would have liked it. 
So it's, yeah. it's a great movie. If I had seen it in the 80s, I wouldn't remember it because I oh, was well, true. four. You were tiny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was born in 83, so I'm right there with you, dude. So I watched it in the 90s. But my sisters really wanted me to see this because, again, they you'll hear me bring, in this podcast, you will hear me bring my sisters up a lot because a lot of the films I love, they showed me. They were like, you've got to see this film. It is crazy. It is bad shit crazy. Let's check I mean, this out. My, my brother, this is the thing he was definitely watching. I, I remember, I think I, that's why I remember it to a degree. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I was going to ask, like, if we want to watch things that I know were 80s as hell and that yes we do your siblings probably showed you that your parents didn't want you to see we should probably just watch heavy metal and just oh, get it yes over. yes I'm in for that you're, you're talking about batshit crazy you're talking about like all sorts that. of weirdness that movie is a fucking trip and I don't we, <laughs> as a companion we could watch the South Park episode is there oh one about God. that? Yeah. yeah, there's a spoof on it. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's on the list. That's on the list. <laughs> but, get, get, but getting back to the film, though, it, this e-ticket ride, this e-ticket <laughs> attraction of a movie, <laughs> that line. <laughs> it's a Universal Studios attraction. Oh my God! Girls with blue merkins on, and <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I want to say though, while we're talking about uh, this particular part, I loved the mall scene. Like yes. a lot of different aspects. First of all, I liked how the girls were just going crazy because I remember when I was a kid or at least younger, I would think about if something happened, like if everybody disappeared or something, and I would just go crazy like in a toy store or something, you know, and thinking about that and seeing these girls do this and they're just flinging all of their clothes around. But um, I kind of wish they had actually gone into some other stores, though, personally. I get it. They're girls. It's 80s. It wasn't 100% not all, not all girls go shopping kind of thing. Okay, cool, cool, right. cool, cool, cool. I don't want to push push that out there. I love the scene, but I would have loved to have them come through with some other crazy shit from like a uh, like a swimwear store and like in you know big inflatable duck or something. <laughs> that way, when she starts chucking stuff at the zombie guys, it would have just not been anything but shoes. Like she was just like shoe yeah. after shoe after shoe I mean, after shoe. After heaviest, shoe. just turning into that's dead the, rising. That's the heaviest heaviest thing you can throw at people though is shoes. Like in a clothing store, there's nothing heavier uh, than a, a no, buckle. No, she threw a friggin' TV at him that one time. Well, that was upstairs. <laughs> like cause it was like a Macy's, yeah. and they're always TVs upstairs or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's like the oldest, like the ugliest CRT TV ever. She threw down there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, I was sad and, to see it go. I and, love that too. You know, it's it's funny you, you mentioned the mall, Levi, because that shows you how like important the mall was to American yeah. culture in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Every zombie movie, they just like, oh, let's There's go to the mall. Fucking and mall. Today, exactly. I wouldn't think of setting foot in the mall around here. Number two, <laughs> the mall here is outdoors, so it's no protection. You'd just be outside near stores. <laughs> Oh my God! Can you imagine? Wait, think about that. And a, a a current zombie film, they like let's go to the mall, and they play on that trope. It's like it's an open air mall. No, 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 no. I think Dead Rising does play on that. Like you, you know, oh, like, think about you that. go yeah. to the mall, that's, and that's the, the mall point. is inundated with zombies, and. Yeah. It, <laughs> It the basically so fun, the game was basically made to be a test for Resident Evil Five to see if they can get that many zombies on screen. <laughs> that was a and, great, great game. Though. And 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 yeah, it plays off of that idea that. But I would I it, it, to more to what Gil said. I wish they had included like other weapons too, because mm-hmm. one of the funnest things about these like zombie movies is that they go make weapons out of other shit. Yeah, and just there should have just been like a lawn care store in there. Just that's yeah. all you need. It's just some machetes and then like a weed eater with like knives on it or some shit, <laughs> and they're just like. <laughs> You're giving me ideas. What are you talking about? That Dust Till Dawn, um, it was like a jackhammer with a stake on it. Yeah. Oh, my using. God. Yeah, uh-huh. George Clooney's weapon. That thing was awesome. That movie, that movie, that movie just <laughs> that movie fucks me up. It's two fucking movies. <laughs> We're going to watch oh, yeah, that. yeah, for sure. We, we'll we, watch we, that just, we need to be keeping a running total of all these films we keep talking uh, about on I'm the show. It. You know what I mean? We need to get these down. Um, but it, it, coming back to, to the... Mm. Um, talking about 80s tropes and things like that how awesome was the music station had the neon lights Mm -hmm. it had cool lighting it had the uh random fake ficus in the background uh the 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 uh seeing the audio tapes click into place and watching the the tape run and seeing all the labels they had on everything i was like this is so cool i love this and the fact that they she sat there she popped the headset on and she's like she's yelling at everybody and talking to the town and what was the mm-hmm. what was the line she tossed out she said something about mutant teenagers or something oh yeah she said i actually wrote that down because i had something to say about it um she said uh 
any of you Teenage Mutant Comet Zombies out there have any... <laughs> and that was actually um, the running title or the working title Are for the movie. Are you kidding? Yeah. And I looked it up because we always make these connections on the show and don't think about it. But Teenage Mutant Comet Comet Zombies that has a certain like cadence something. to it. Yeah. And um, the same year... The first issue of no. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles kidding? came out. Yeah, I think it was just something in the zeitgeist at the time was this whole teenage, you know, descriptive, descriptive, you know, descriptive noun thing. It, and it's, um, it also, if you're talking about like nerds making stuff, it, it, if you ever look at an old anime title, they're almost always like just a bunch of words and then like some word that draws attention. And and so, like, it could have been the people that were making these things were looking at Japanese animation at the time, and those translated titles just turn into just gobbledygook. I mean, even <laughs> into the 90s, like, you know, you'd have, like, um, Sailor Moon's title is actually, like, uh, Pretty Soldier Sailor Moon, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Like, they all have these long titles that right. are, like, four words. Right. And I think well, that's where that came from. I can you see know, that. It's funny you said gobbledygook, too, because that's actually the first uh, magazine that TMNT was advertised in. And that <laughs> it was, was gobbledygook. It was Gil- called gobbledygook? Gil- yeah, it was Gil- a Holy shit. Gil tagged me in something on Facebook, and the iPad opened up to, like, a person jumping on a bed and shit, and it's over here on the side of me. I'm like, what the hell is happening <laughs> off to my side? And so I'm trying to, like, reach over and turn it off, and I can't get the button. <laughs> laughing did, in my shirt trying I to did, keep, I did that at the top of the show and I was hoping it, you guys wouldn't see it until just after turned the show on and just started showing me this I'm like, oh what that's the, the best wow. that's the best but, <sighs> but um I, I also wanted to say that like uh yeah the the Ninja Turtles connection is kind of funny but I don't think that it might have not been intentional because that comic book wasn't the biggest no. thing no I'm saying that it, it wasn't intentional because they, they came out at the same time yeah. I'm it, saying it, it was part of the zeitgeist to have this this cadence and it of seems things. to always yeah. happen that, th- that those things happen around yeah. that no, same time it, it totally does happen um, and what I think the thing about Ninja Turtles is that those comic books were actually like making fun of Daredevil at the time so right. they were just kind of drawn from that and that title was just weird well, but they I mean were, I don't know about making fun of Daredevil, but they were they were make well they were making fun of superheroes. But I think they were actually supposed to be part of the same Marvel canon. But the Foot Clan, the Foot Clan is just the hand, the hand, And what you're saying about like the zeitgeist and things and just splinter. happening at the same time, um, the Black True. Panthers. They named themselves that like the same year that Black Panther the comic book came out, but they did it after that. And so you're like, did they pick it because of this comic or is it just that that happened that way? Yeah, I think a lot of times that just happens. It's creepy. So weird. Well, and I'll be honest, that's one of the things I one of the my favorite things about when we go through these movies is finding these little tidbits of things and Mm -hmm. going, huh, because it's weird how how kind of in sync the consciousnesses and how these ideas it, come about I, in synchronous fashion. It's, it's yeah. really weird. It's interesting as hell. I was just watching a video on Collective Unconscious and there's, there's a lot of weird stuff about that. Uh, you know, we get a lot of movies in groups like a bunch of Robin Hood movies will come out in a row or two movies about volcanoes, two movies about comets hitting the earth. And so we had like, you know, yeah, Deep, Deep Impact, Impact and, and uh, Armageddon. Armageddon. We had uh, volcano, the volcano, super volcano movie, what it's called. Like those movies came out like the same year. <laughs> and then the mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan movie. Yeah, that the, was crazy. The James Bond versus the volcano. I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> James but. Bond versus the <laughs> Did you guys see Joe versus the volcano? Yeah. What if we just got James? <gasps> what if we just got Pierce, what, Magnum P.I.? Oh, not Magnum P.I. Um, what do you call Magnum it? Magnum P.I. versus the no, volcano. No, no. What's the other guy's name? The other show? Uh, Pierce. Oh, Shit. I almost said Sterling Archer, but that's not right either. That's, uh, that's a better <laughs> show, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that that Pierce Brosnan character. <laughs> but but we Remington Steel. Remington, Remington Steel. Steel. There it is. Yeah. It's like a um, shaving company razor thing. <laughs> <laughs> so would this be? I didn't real. I, what I didn't remember when I came into watching this film was that it was set around Christmas. Um, yeah, I completely forget. Yeah, they have all the Christmas decorations out. This is oh, like shit. either post 
like literally just post Christmas or literally on the 24th. Or I think this may have happened right before me. Could be like our neighbor. Like it could be like, uh, you know, sometimes here in San Antonio, people's decorations stay up till, you know, whenever. But they make (laughs) make mention that people were gathering for the for were already in the area for Times Square. And there was a bunch of people out already. So the parties were already going. The radio station, the pre-recorded tape said something like, I'm I'm here at work because I love you guys, even though it's a holiday. Well, so I the, think it was either the 24th or the 25th. I actually at caught something. The, oh, go ahead, real Zach. quick, Jay, real quick. I actually caught something about them when we talk about the radio station. While the comment's coming in, you actually have the radio announcer saying, hey, I'm going to put it on autopilot for a while and see if I can get out there with you guys. See you soon. Yeah. And he really? steps, yeah, and he steps well, away. So it's a, it's a key into, cool. hey, that's why the autopilot's even on. That's cool. But I was going to say also, uh, at the top of the movie, when they showed those crowds in the street, was that meant to be the city they were in or was that Times Square? No, I it, think that was Times Square. They're in LA like, and it was showing a bunch of... Um, TV footage of people around the world. It was totally just the New Year's celebration in Times Square because yeah, yeah. And it was stock a, footage. They had a cop out there on the horse, and then if you look at the marquee, it says that Comet Party or whatever. But like the word Comet is obviously like been edited in with whatever yeah. trick oh, they, they used. They edited back the then. shit out of that dude. That yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. And they show it twice, and I'm like, they were really proud of that fucking comment, weren't they? That, that <laughs> editing right there. I think the worst effect in the whole movie, though, is when the comet first comes down, that sky effect. Did yeah. it just break up on you? Like, it just turned that to, like... horrible. It was weird. I was like, what, what, what was going on? I thought it might have been a digital problem with the copy I was watching. And the, the, no. that, like, like firework effect that they had going while yeah. it was coming by, it was odd. It was super was odd. weird. The firework effect. I didn't. Yeah, it was like bop 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 bop. It was almost like sparklers or something. It sounded like drum kit. Yeah, there's just some asshole over in the in the cul-de-sac just beating the drums. Oh man! I mean, there's not much you can complain about. I mean, it's not a bad movie. We like we really don't watch enough bad movies. We haven't seen like just a real shit show in a while here. You know, you're saying that we haven't picked the next film, and I'm gonna I'm gonna (laughs) purposely pick one that's gonna make your ears fall off. Fucking Monos or some shit. We've been dancing around Monos. Devil Child Six 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 or one of those. Oh. or one of those horror movies that's just basically a porn masquerading as a you, movie. You just wait. I'm going to pick a doozy <laughs> one of these days, and you're going to be like, I hate you, Gil. Can we go back to the films that are fun? The good thing is that the doozies are like 40 minutes long, so it's fine. <laughs> True. One one thing, I, I like to write down little one-liners in the movies as I'm watching them. And um, you know, we talk ones. about connections, and I wonder if uh, one of my favorite Halloween movies was influenced by this one. Um when, when the character at the end, remember uh, uh, Jeffrey Lewis's character, he he starts getting affected by the the dust or whatever it is, and he starts acting crazy. He gets in the car, and he says, "Is that gasoline I smell?" And I wonder if the line in oh. the Crow references this movie. In what movie? In the, the Crow. Crow. I never saw the Crow. Is it, um, <gasps> what? Right? What? Uh, yeah, we're watching Brent, that. At I some just point. know Brendan Lee got shot. I didn't see the movie though. Yeah, oh. we gotta watch that for Halloween. Put that way, on the list. I meant to say the other thing is that there's a lot of women slapping other women in this movie. Oh, women I mean, on women violence. Yeah, like, the the younger sister gets <laughs> the shit slapped out of her oh, at the top of the movie. That lady did not. <laughs> no, 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 no. That lady did not <laughs> slap her. That younger sister got. Punched over yeah, that right. couch. She, she got punched. She, she got that punched like she got punched yeah. like into like a fireplace or something. Like, yeah, she Doris, her, right? Doris hit her in the mouth. That's why she I said went screw Doris. Yeah, she went t- uh, top over tea kettle over the couch, rolled over the uh, the uh, uh, coffee table, and wound up against the wall. That, that's she a knocked fall. her block off. That's a pratfall. There's no way she fell that far. Like that fucking <laughs> Ryu couldn't hit you over a couch <laughs> into a wall. Like. Oh, but that's the line what you need to she do. said. Do you, do you remember the line she no. said right before she uh, popped in it? reference to Chuck? Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, uh, you, were, "You remember it?" Yeah, it's it's a uh, gosh, Doris. What you got, Chuck? You don't need another ass. No, oh, no, 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 no. She you said, already have an asshole, no, no, Doris. No, no, she you said, don't need Chuck. You were born with an asshole. That's you it. don't need Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then <laughs> that was a great line. It was slap followed by counter slap followed by a boom knockout You're punch. Right. She did slap her twice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was two slaps. Yeah, two slaps and a punch. Doris. And then who got slapped later? Who was that? Oh man, um, I don't remember actually. I want to say it was the younger sister again. Might I do have remember been. they got. <laughs> there was one point where they got 
pretty salty with the kids. I thought it was funny. The kids had their hands up when they came around the corner and they had the guns. Yeah, it's like, and they put said, your put your hands, hands down. down yeah, while they're Don't in the elevator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also liked when, uh, was great. when the younger sister bursts in the room and she turns and fires over her head. Yes. And she's just like, and like, they were really blase about just like I weird, but you like, oh, it's so funny. It's me. And then like earlier when they were fighting over that, over uh, Hector, like, she's like, you, you stole every boy I ever had. And then they look at each other and I don't I, I they're the two that survived I don't think they got out unscathed either that or their family's pretty effed up yeah, yeah. They, they they didn't get out those those two didn't get out based on their uh, it, they were just lucky and it doesn't really make sense why they were lucky like the movie wants us to believe that no one was indoors no one was asleep no one had a night job they had to get to well or, they allude or, to it a little bit because remember they really don't go outside of L.A. very much. And even when they did, it was via helicopter. And you don't know how far they went via helicopter. It could have been to D.C. Mm -hmm. or something like that. Not D.C., but uh, Washington. And the what kind of made me go, huh, was why they didn't come back and make an actual sequel because you had a good premise coming in with the sister and Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the elusive D... uh, Was it DMK? I think it was his initials, right? Yeah. David Michael... Danny Mason Keener. There you go. Um... Like who the heck he was? Well, he was the guy that put the uh, score on the uh, game machine at the top of the film. No, I'm saying like who he was and where he came from. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would have been his thing. Yeah. So with him, you know, know, hauling ass around the corner, they had their little conversation. Wait, wait, wait. wait. That was the same guy? Yeah. Yeah. I did not catch that. His license plate showed his initials. Oh, my God. And you go, oh, yeah. This this movie is basically like Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz where they just, everything they say, they use again Huge influence. Had to have been a huge influence. But I mean, what I mean is that the directing and the writing and and hot fuzz is is such that they're well sound of the dead tries it but it fails sort of but hot fuzz is such that nothing is ever exceptionally self-referential yeah nothing in that movie that doesn't come back later at some point it's completely tied together dialogue callbacks different things they have things in the background that was every every movie they reference they use those references in action later it's just absolutely and this movie is like that because you said that the comment was the radio guy got up and said he's going to go out there right. and watch it. I'll that. put it on autopilot. The DMK guy, like all those things came back later. I loved the DMK thing. That yeah, just, that was cool that they that was the it up. perfect like, way to end the movie. Are you kidding? That is crazy. <laughs> well, the, to, to that end, I, 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 I really would love to do some more research of this and see if there was ever like a sequel launched or even attempted because I really think this could have turned into a pretty decent franchise of them dealing with, with the after effects and having fun because mm-hmm. I don't find that I find enough films that are intentionally fun and serious at the same time. The Zombie action Lamb. and... Well, that one was purposely made as a comedy. You know what, what I mean? mean is that this movie has a lot in common with it, and I think that I, that's, I think that the problem is that the sequels, the sequel for Zombieland never happened. The sequel for this probably was an uh, idea that never happened. There's been some serious talk about a TV show coming. TV show already happened, and it failed. It was really? a TV show on uh, on yeah. There, there was a TV show that. that happened that did not go over well. Oh wow! Night of the Comet? No, for no, no, Zombieland. Zombie and so oh, what I'm saying yeah, is yeah. that I, I think that sometimes with movies like this that they do well and people enjoy them, but it's also hard to, especially if the the people making it are really proud of what they're doing. It's hard for them to get back together and just do something if there's right. no good idea, and it's also hard if the actors kind of get up and start doing other work for you to get them back in and work with them. And, and when you do it, it doesn't always come out that well. Like, you know, the last Jason right. Bourne movie wasn't great. And I think that there's something to be said about forcing a sequel out of a good movie that you weren't planning to make one out of. Like, it's just, you, you just were, you did really good with something. It can just be left alone sometimes. Or you um, could just go totally the opposite direction like Gremlins 2 did. Milk the oh. shit on just no. Go, yeah, just embrace it and run that direction. <laughs> Which I, I will say, this movie did a, a really good job of uh, being self-aware, but not oh, to an annoying point because there were a lot, and I think that's that's that was helpful to the subversion of a lot of the the tropes that they were overturning, and the fact that, like Gil said. You you have actual characters and pretty much all Believable the characters that are on screen. Characters. Yeah, these characters like the only the scientists were a little, eh, but yeah. I think they were really trying to go for these guys are just 
bookworms. They're a think Culty. tank. They're yeah, very yeah. very detached. So yeah. I get it. But everybody else was actually a believable person. They had actual reactions to things. They needed to go take a breath, but they didn't have to go to the point of like, everybody's dour, it's such a dark film. It's got <laughs> right. an upbeat tone to it while still being enjoyable, and you, you mm-hmm. fe- you're like, you're cheering for the characters. Well, and- oh, I just looked in the Wikipedia article for this um, movie, and there's no mention of a sequel being planned or any mention of it at all. Oh, it doesn't man. really mean something. anything. Uh, from Ain't It Cool News on September 6, 2005, apparently there was a sequel in the works that was going to star Kelly Maroney, who played Sam. Oh, and that she was going to awesome. co-produce it, but um, I, I don't think it, it just fell through, I guess. I don't yeah, see a follow-up man. to this. One, one I would love that. One of the funniest things I did notice on there is that uh, Neil Gaiman, in his old writing career for the newspaper, Apparently loved this movie. Thought it was like funny, amusing, and witty, and so I thought that was kind of neat to see that that was one of the quoted reviews. I could definitely see Neil enjoying this film, man. That'd be great. Well, uh, anything else you guys can think of? I think at this point we could probably kick it around to last thoughts. Uh, Justin, what do you got? Uh, Solid movie. Like I said, I was kind of out of it for most of it, but solid (laughs) movie. uh, Definitely one of the better things we've watched. Uh, I would say that if if you were going to pick one movie to watch out of anything I've seen here, I would say either this or Flash Gordon is going to be your most enjoyable time. Um, but I, I would say that, um, yeah, it's definitely something that people should to check out. Uh, like they were saying before, there's a lot of things that seem to draw from it. A lot of movies seem to have borrowed just little things. The Buffy connection, um, you know, the connections to things like Zombieland. Like, that's that's sort of in the same vein as this. So, yeah, I would definitely say that this is something that we we all enjoyed and I definitely enjoyed. Absolutely. What do you got, Levi? I'm, I'm just going to echo the same sentiment <laughs> that this was a really fun movie. And I'd have to agree that if you're going to watch one movie that we've we've talked about, especially this season, this is definitely one to check out, especially if you have any love for um, 80s culture, you know, 80s everything, because this movie was very 80s in a non-obtrusive way, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yeah. it just happened to be 80s, but it was really 80s um <laughs> down to the the saxophone on the radio at the beginning because it's hard to find a good 80s movie without a saxophone i think we just had the 30th anniversary of uh lost boys so that's what made me think of <laughs> and shoulder pads and shoulder pad oh my shoulder pads yeah i was watching this and um my wife walked in the room and i was watching it on my laptop and it was at that scene where she's getting dressed in like her uh whole 80s thing and I turned it I was like wow is this not 80s as I mean there's a guy with with multiple visors on also like multiple visors I noticed that and yeah and and the the tufts at the the mall were very like 80s like bad element uh, these guys are bad for you and bad for your daughters but they're also cool type (laughs) guys you know they also all have sunglasses yeah, and, and tight and, black shirts. And that one guy looked like super tall Eminem. <laughs> oh my god, crotch. I meant to say something about that. Yeah, that that guy. That was weird. Uh, like he looked just like Eminem. Come on, Johnny, don't That's shoot what, me. But but that goes back to what I yeah, said Johnny, before. Don't shoot me. They weren't zombies because that guy's no. face was fine. Right, and I think the uh, I think it was the writer. <clears throat> somebody had come out to say that it wasn't a zombie movie, and it wasn't meant to be a zombie movie. Right. Um, they're not zombies, and, really. They're they're like remnants. No. And something. we can, I mean, there's all kinds of debates we could have on what is and isn't a zombie. But they're white. Could, they're whites. They're white. I could, <laughs> I could see the the um, argument that whatever happened to them just drove them a little bit mad. They ha- still had elements of their own personality, but... They um, could speak, they could function. Yeah, D&D exactly. terms, they'd be whites because whites can speak, they can function. <laughs> right. I gotta say, that's actually not far off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they didn't drain anybody's level when they touched them, but maybe, maybe <laughs> they saved maybe, maybe you were talking about throws. Game of Thrones. No. That's why I was... Because I was like, that's not... <laughs> White Walker. Everybody, everybody made their saving no, throws. No, there are whites. There are whites in... Uh, wa- uh, Game of Thrones. The White Walkers are um, the ice people. The people yeah, they raise the are whites. Are which ah. George Martin come up with a different term. It's like the Prince of Dorne is Prince Doran. Okay, guy. <laughs> oh, we, right, get we can move on. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> talking about the movie. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I, I, I just indulged in the 80s nostalgia. And really, 
we didn't really talk a whole lot about the acting, but the acting was pretty good across the board. It was fun. There were a couple of the doctors that I thought were pretty wooden, but like you said, maybe they were trying to reach for a, you know, disaffected scientist viewpoint. But the main characters in Regina and Samantha and Hector, um, I thought they were really well done. I was really pleased with um, Robert Beltran as we, Hector Gomez. Absolutely. If we don't mention the writing, sorry, the acting, then it probably was good. That's just a rule. Right. Know. Right. That's true. <laughs> well, f- for me, I mean, I, I top, top loaded a lot of this, guys, so I'll just echo it again. It brings back a ton of great memories sitting with my sisters watching this. Uh, I remember the first time that I can remember watching it by myself and going, oh, I can sit and watch this whole film uninterrupted was again on. And I've referenced this a lot. USA up all night on USA <laughs> Network. Rhonda, uh, Rhonda Shear. Yeah, Rhonda Shear actually showed this movie. And I have just great memories of, of just wading through the commercials, just wanting to see her host segments and then watch this film. It was amazing. It was the best thing to happen to me in the 90s. And it, it, again, built some of who I am. And I think, guys, with that, we can put the nail in this coffin and call it a night. Um, always remember, all roads lead to Midnight Lair. You can catch part of this podcast as part of uh, www.midnightlayershow.com, as well as our webpage, fromthebonevault.podbean.com. Again, that's fromthebonevault.podbean.com. Levi, where else in the web can they catch us? Uh, you can also catch us from the bone vault at gmail.com. You can send us an email. You can also catch us on Twitter. We're at bone vault. And I believe we're on Instagram now too at bone vault. Ooh. Ooh. See our pictures. <laughs> fancy, fancy. Up. And I'll just say, we're going to, we're actually going to have Justin start posting some, some insanity out there and get some fun stuff out there for you guys. So we're going to turn him loose on social media and see what you guys think. Oh no. <laughs> um, and uh, for me, you can find me at, at CTK86 on Twitter, at Lens of Justin on Instagram, and that's about it, yeah. Any other projects you want to pimp, Justin? Not right now. Okay. Things are bubbling. Working Things are on coming. stuff. Nice. I can't wait to bring some of that out. I know some secrets. Me too, man. Yeah, <laughs> we, 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 have a, we, we have a guest in the works, too, from something else. So oh, Very sweet. cool. Very cool. I'm excited. Levi, what about you? What have you got out there that's your material? Well, as I mentioned last episode, I've started a YouTube channel called Garage Movie Reviews, where I personally review movies that I have in my own collection, and I just have a lot of fun. I tell you a little bit about the film, some uh, historical context for it, um, behind-the-scenes things, and then I give you a short opinion and let you know if you might like the movie. Um, You can reach that on uh, YouTube, Garage Movie Reviews. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, Garage Movie Guy. So you can check me out there. Yeah, we'll toss a couple links to that in the uh, show notes. Let's go around. And uh, I did mention Midnight Layer, everybody. Remember, this podcast was originally started as part of a uh, offshoot of Midnight Layer, the TV show that Levi and I are working very heavily on. And we are uh, rocking and rolling on production there. Yeah. Um, we've got the set just getting there and getting done we've got a lot of set material that we have back uh we have six scripts written and we're just we're getting there you're gonna have some really cool news coming out from us very very soon so keep your eyes peeled um well with that everybody stay scary and as always i'm gil and i'm levi and i'm justin stay scary everybody have a great night and remember the burden of civilization is upon us (laughs) i literally just read that line you beat me to it (laughs) 